This goes out to the AVS fam To the crew getting ready at the Pepsi can DJ Triple T banging thunder with the high jams My dog Bernie Yan smiles in the West Stands The ColoradoHockey.com podcast is brought to you by FSFM.com AVSFAM.com When it comes to the Gabe Landeskog injury, I'll take an LBI all day long. At least it's not a head injury. Landy had a pretty good bout with concussions earlier in his career, and while this sucks, it will get better. Limbs heal a lot better than brains do. That said, what exactly went down at this Halloween party? It seems like I recall a story of Tyson Berry doing some wrestling with another NHL player in a hotel room on the road somewhere and getting hurt. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that maybe there were some shenanigans going down at this here party. The other scenario, and likely the real one, is that Gabe's been hurt and he's been playing through it for a couple of games now. I've heard Dater talk about it a little bit on his website, and I saw that Coach Bedner mentioned that he was hurt for the last couple of games, but he hadn't noticed any change in his play. While media may not want to speculate, I will. And this is a good point to stop and restate that I think Miko Rantanen has a high ankle sprain. Not unlike the one he got during the Rookie Showcase game years ago. He's a big dude, he carries a lot of weight around, and I think his ankles have been suspect and will continue to be suspect for all of his career. Let's be honest, he's not really known for his stability on skates, is he? It's all speculation though, I know nothing, I'm just a dude, I'm just guessing. The obvious follow-up is what happens now? Who comes in? How do they exist? Bad things will always happen, but it's also an opening for things to play out in another way. I think that asking what is this an opportunity to do is a much better way to look at this. In short, there are a handful of guys who are going to feel the ripple effect of this by way of call-ups, new line mates, both NHL and AHL. And for a guy like Minga, who is the notable call-up, this will go on his demo reel, his resume for his hockey future. It likely won't be with the Avs, and it probably won't be much longer in the NHL. And it could be for a league that's outside of the USA. It's a big deal, and it's something I'm sure he's not taking lightly. But it's also not likely the beginning of a story about a guy who found his place in the NHL at the age of 29. Another storyline to keep an eye on is Tyson Jost. He's been playing good hockey, and he's found a bit of confidence in both his skill game and his physical game. He's getting to the puck first, and he's putting it on net every chance that he gets. That's Bednar hockey. I think that earns him the chance to move up the lineup a little bit and play with some of the better players. I'm not sure if that's going to play out or not, but at the very least, I would like to see him get just a little bit more ice time. I think he's earned it. File this one under obvious, but let's not forget that Landy is a leader, especially on the ice. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see who steps up to be that leader on the ice. From what I recall, there isn't anyone who really takes that role with authority. EJ will stand there and talk with the referees, but all he really does is nod his head. Calvert seems like a likely leader on the ice and in the locker room, and he can certainly fill in when things get a little testy on the ice with the toughness, but there's still room for someone to step it up and to be that on-ice leader, that presence, that person who calms things down, or that person who makes it real. The obvious choices here are Mac and Kadri for me, but I have a hunch we're going to see some leadership by committee from the free agent pickups as well. And my out-there thought is that Makar might really step it up vocally and with his play. I think he can be that presence. I just don't know if he has the confidence to do it yet. Another area that's going to need to be lights out good is our goaltending. We'll be tested from here on out, and we need some mojo coming out of that crease. I think that Groovy can turn it on for a while, but I think that Frank needs to be ready to be awesome as well. If Landy really is out long-term, that's a large hole to fill, and it will ripple through the entire team's play. The last line of D is always the goaltending, so the netminers better eat their superfoods and pop a few extra supplements for a while, because we're going to need them. Switching gears for a minute, tell me if you've heard this one before. A guy gets signed long-term and plays lights-out hockey for a good 10-game stretch, and then the production starts to fade a little bit. I think that it's a natural human reaction when you pass a threshold in your professional career, and that it happens to a lot of players and just humans in the world in general anyways. 
The human I'm talking about in this case is Sam Gerard. What the hell is this, Ready Freddy, you say? Sam Gerard went as Freddie Mercury from Queen for Halloween, and it's uncomfortable to see. He does it so well that I can't imagine that he hasn't earned a new nickname with the hockey team after this, or maybe a new shirt. You never know. Okay, enough about the butterfly effect of the Landy injury. Random thoughts forthcoming, and when you hear this sound, that means we've jumped through a wormhole to another universe so that we can talk about different hockey things. Stick with me here. You know that awesome breakdown that Riker does every single game where he shows you what's happening on the ice with the La Rose lightning and such? We love that, but we also feel like there's a lot of little things going on throughout the game that he just doesn't have time to cover and they don't get the attention that they deserve. I think he gets like two minutes to talk about it, so I get it, but we can go down the rabbit hole on the video work and we really dig doing it sometimes. So we're going to talk about the little things in some videos and we're posting them on the website, coloradohockey.com, and on a YouTube channel because that's where videos go. If you'd like to check them out, definitely check them out. Then tell us what you think about it. Oh, and like the podcast, we'll do it when we feel like it and because we're inspired. No content generation, no sponsors to appease, just us telling you what we think because we're inspired. Hashtag love of the game. I guess we should do this bit of housekeeping too. We are not ColoradoHockeyNow.com. That's something that Adrian Dater just started doing and Colorado Hockey was around for decades before that. So we love all you people who are following us, but we're not Dater. We're other dudes. It's cool. Still follow us. We are, however, friendly with Dater, and he has a new podcast out that you should go check out. It's something along the lines of, I could not hear what Jeremy Roenick said because I have my two Stanley Cups in my ears. I'm not saying that was the best title that he picked, but together with Jesse Montano from the old BSN crew, or one of the crews, uh, they talk about a lot of cool stuff. And if that's your thing, you like the long-form content, you should 100% go over there and check them out. Two other podcasts that are 100% worth listening to are Spittin' Chicklets, which has three or four abs from the last couple of years on there, being very honest and very real, including Nathan McKinnon. You've probably heard of it, but in the off chance that you haven't, definitely go check that out. I think you're going to enjoy what you hear there. And the other one is, I think that the Avalanche have at least one new podcast, but they've always got access to the players, and that's always the most interesting thing to hear anyway. So if you haven't heard of that one, definitely check that one out too. There's a lot of podcasts out there, and it's a great time to be an Avs fan. Fs sind gut,